Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. Our message this morning is going forward with God. Going forward with God. This is the first message of our series, The Power of God's Presence. And I hope to show you this morning the importance of having God with you as you go forward in life. As you go forward in life. From this point on, making sure that God is with you and that you have a relationship with Him. And the importance of that, the power of that in your life when God is with you. And our text this morning is Exodus chapter 3 and in verse 12. We read the passage earlier, but I'll read verse 12 again. And this is God speaking to Moses. After Moses uh, basically gave what we would call a an excuse or a reason why he couldn't go or an objection to God calling him to the direction God was calling him. We find Moses saying in verse 11, who am I that I should go into Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children of Israel uh, out of Egypt. And verse 12, it says, and he said, referring to God, certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt. You shall serve God upon this mountain. So this morning, going forward with God. Today I hope to show you how you can go forward with God. And that's what we want to do, by the way. We want to go forward with God. Because if you, if you live in the past, uh, chances are you're going to be discouraged. You're going to be discouraged because of what's in the past. Either past decisions or things that you even miss in the past can discourage you because it's not the same today. So if you live in the past, you can be discouraged. Learn from it, but don't live in it. And then secondly, if you look or live for the present, then you can be distracted. Because there's a lot of things in this world that we can be distracted with and focus on and lose our, our, our I guess say the, don't lose our saving faith, but our struggle with our faith as far as trusting God. We want to look to the future. We want to press forward, as Paul said. We want to look to the future and be directed by God as we go forward. You know, no matter what you do, tomorrow's going to come. Right? Tomorrow's going to come. We've got to go forward. And we want God to direct our lives. We want to go forward with Him. So this morning, I hope to show you that you can do that. We're going to look here this morning on going forward with God. Three thoughts. First, you have a guide. You have a guide. Moses had a guide, and that would be God. Second, you have a guarantee. We'll talk about the guarantee Moses had, and I'll give you the guarantee you have as far as God's presence with you. And then finally, you have the grace of God to go forward. Moses had it, and you have it as well. So let's start here. The first one, you have a guide. You have a guide. Now, I want to draw your attention to this passage here to get some context of what's going on. I do believe Moses... This is the beginning of his call. God is calling him. And God is going to commission him to go back and bring the people of Israel out of Egypt, out of bondage. We find Moses immediately struggling with this. Immediately. Now, I do believe he's been humbled in his life. And he's now struggling with this call. Uh, The rest of this chapter, uh, we even find into the next chapter where God has to deal with Moses to get him to go, to get him to move because of the doubts that have set into his heart. Well, what is causing this struggle? What is causing this doubt? I want us to go back to Exodus chapter 2 because I believe this is the the beginning of the struggle that he had. Exodus chapter 2, and we're going to read verse 11. In this chapter here, we find the beginning of Moses' life, how God blessed his birth. You know, Moses was born in a different, difficult time. The children of uh, 
Israel were to be, the boys were to, to be killed. They were to be slain. Uh, you know, uh, thank the Lord for your mom and dad who gave birth to you in this difficult time. Because that's happening today, even in America. Might be for a different reason, but it is happening. Uh, and so Moses was born. God wanted him to be in this world, and God blessed. And Moses grew up in Egypt, but not with his parents directly. He was taught by his mom, and he grew up around his family. But he grew up in the palace with Pharaoh and, and Pharaoh's family. He was brought into their home. The Bible tells us that in the beginning of this chapter. And so Moses now, at this point in his life, we're going to read verse 11. He's now a, what we call a young man, around 40, I guess. So that's young, right? For, for me, that's young. That's a young man. Uh, and he's a younger man in the prime of his life. And he made a decision. Have you ever made a decision where you just saw something and reacted? Well, that's what he did here. Notice verse 11 says, And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out unto his brethren, that would be the Hebrews, the, the Israelites that were in the land, and he looked on their burdens, and he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. He looked this way and that way. You know, we teach our children to look both ways before they cross the street. Isn't it funny how we look both, way, both ways before we do something wrong, too? We want to make sure nobody's seeing us. And, and that's what he's doing here. And when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. And he said to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Okay, so he looked, but evidently somebody saw him and he didn't know. Here, here, here's what we find here. Moses had good intentions. He had good intentions. He believed that the, his people were, were burdened, that they were hurt, that they were problemed. He wanted to help them out. The problem is he did it in his own power, with his own wisdom, and in his own strength. And he created a problem, a mess. And he got himself not only in trouble with the land, but he had to flee and get away from where he grew up. Here's something to consider at this point in his life. He, he's a young man or a grown man now. When you consider everything he had, he had the ability, I guess you would say, the worldly ability to lead the people out. He had power. He was a young man. He had strength. He had zeal. Also, he had a position. He was part of Pharaoh's family. He had a position in the land. Egypt was a powerful country at this time, and he had a position there in the land. He also had possessions. He had physical possessions. Moses was wealthy. He was rich. He had the, the, the possessions that the world could offer. He also had the learning that the world could offer. He was a smart man, an intelligent man. And finally, he had a plan. It wasn't much of a plan, but he had a plan. He, he thought he was going to, I believe he thought he would stand up for God's people and God's people would say, yeah, we got a deliverer. Let's go follow Moses. But his plan did not work out. You, you see, worldly speaking, he had everything you would think to succeed, but he failed. It's because God was not with him. God was not in this endeavor. God was not behind, involved with this process. And so Moses, in his own power, his own strength, the Bible tells us he failed. You know, I think about his plan. You know, I look at his plan and, uh, you know, it wasn't much of a plan. And do you think God ever thinks that when he, he sees our plans? He probably sees us and he's that's not much of a plan you got going on there. You know, you're leaving me out. That's the first problem. Uh, but your plan isn't going to work. Yet he's going to let us go forward and find out. And that's what happened with Moses. He had a plan. He went forward. He made a mistake. The Bible says he failed and then he fled Egypt. 
You know, he may have had good intentions, but his actions were wrong. Uh, or, or to put it another way, his motive was correct, but his method was wrong. He went about it the wrong way, and he had to leave the land. So I believe Moses is struggling with his past conduct. Think of it this way. Now God's calling him, saying, I want you to go back to Egypt, and I want you to lead the people out. Moses may have thought in his heart, I've already tried that, and it didn't work. God, you saw what happened. That's why I'm here. That's why I've been here 40 years now, because I tried this and it didn't work out the way I thought it was going to work out. Why should I think it's going to work out now? Why should this time be any different than the time before? Here's another thought that Moses may have been struggling with. That's his present circumstance. Okay, He's not in Egypt any longer. It's been 40 years now since he left. Uh, he probably had a few connections still, but most of the people he was around when he was a younger man are probably gone off the scene. So he didn't have the connections in Egypt like he used to. He was out of touch with many things that were taking place. Have you ever felt that way? Out of touch with things in the world? I feel that way. Man, I tell you what, technology, it, it just explodes and it keeps getting more and more and more. And I, as I get older, I feel out of touch. Uh, my boys, they got to teach me how to use my phone half the time. I can call and text. After that, now, I can just call and text. You know, they, they show me other things half the time on how to use that. I'm just getting out of touch with some of the technology. I also feel out of touch with some of the things that are taking place. Now, I try to keep up with the news and try to pay attention, but, you know, it's just part of life. As a new generation comes on, there's going to be new things that happen, new things that take place. So maybe this morning someone here is feeling out of touch. You think, wow, you know, the world's moving and I just right here. You know, you can also feel out of touch right where you are. Maybe you feel out of touch with your family. Maybe you feel out of touch with God just in, in walking with Him. You see, Moses is at a point where he's just feeling out of touch. Things have changed. His circumstances probably lead him to believe that, hey, I can't do this, God. I don't have the power I used to have. Don't you realize? I'm not in Egypt. I don't have that title anymore. If I go back, I'm going to be seen as a fugitive. If they even remember me. And once they remember me, I'm probably have to leave the land because I murdered somebody. I made a mistake. And so he didn't have his position any longer. Also, his possessions were gone. He didn't have the wealth that he used to have. Now, he may have retained some of the knowledge. But if he was like me, he probably lost some of it without using it. You know, if you're not using it on a daily basis, you can lose some of that knowledge and wisdom. And he may have lost some of the what I'd call worldly knowledge. And so he may be looking or considering here, why me? That's what he says. He says, why me? Well, you know, you look here, verse 11. He says... In verse 11, he says here, chapter 3, verse 11, Moses said unto God, Who am I that I shall go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? In other words, saying, God, why me? Who, who am I to do this? I can't do this now. This is now no longer something that I can get done. You know, it's as if God here understands the situation. And Moses is saying, I can't do this, God. I'm unfit for this work. And God's saying, that's okay, because I'm going to be with you. And you can do this. Not because of what you had or who you are, but as verse 12 says, because I'm going to be with you. That's why you're going to be able to do this great endeavor. And so what we find here is God is basically promising him that it can get done, that he could do this. You see, his past, Moses' past, and his presence, or his present day, uh, hindered his faith in God to go forward. 
Maybe there's someone here that's like that. Maybe the past. Maybe some decisions you've made. Some things that have taken place. It's just you're holding on to it. And you're dwelling on it instead of giving it to God. I want to encourage you, when it comes to the past, if there's anything that you did wrong, seek God's forgiveness. Okay, You've got to seek God's forgiveness. And after you seek God's forgiveness, understand He's forgiven you. If, you. if you go to Him and you seek His forgiveness and ask Him to forgive you, then leave it there. It's in the past. You can't do nothing about it. Go forward knowing you've been forgiven and that God's going to bless you again. And that's where Moses had to get to that point where he understood God was going to work in his life. Also, as far as the present day, you know, it's easier to live by sight than it is by faith. It's easier to look around and say, well, I can't do this because of this. Or I can't do that or go there because of this. Well, when we live by sight, we're going to be limited by what we see. When we live by faith in God who is unlimited, then God is unlimited in our works or in our direction too. He can take us and and guide us and we can do anything God would want us to do. So I encourage you as far as living today, focus more on the unseen than on the seen. Focus more on God. Focus more on God's work in your life than on the problems maybe around you or the circumstances. Look to God and find strength in Him. As far as Moses here in God's Conversation. Now keep that in mind. This is a conversation between God and Moses. We're, we're in a, we're able to listen into this. And this is a, a private conversation that we're allowed to be part of. In this conversation here, God is basically calling Moses. He said, this is a call for you. I have something that I want you to do. And you're not to go back in your own power. You're not to go back in your own strength. You're not to make your own plans. I'm going to be with you. And I'll take care of all those things. You just need to go forward with me. All Moses had to do was follow God's direction. That's all he had to do. And that's it. God would take care of the details. I find it interesting when you go through the Bible, that's all God asks men and women to do, is to go forward and trust Him. He will take care of the details. Uh, You think of any of the events in the Bible. I think of David and Goliath. That's a story I heard growing up all the time. Uh, it's an excellent story, by the way, of David and his faith. But when you think, what did David do? He didn't do anything extraordinary. He went out there with a sling and a rock, just like he, he says, as he had done aforetime. In other words, as he had done before, over and over and over again, he went out there and he just trusted God to make sure that rock went where it was supposed to. And God took care of the rest. That's all he did. He just did what God wanted him to do. This morning, that's what God wants you to do. He wants you just to go forward by faith, trusting him to take care of the details. Trusting Him to work things out that you can't work out. Trusting Him to give you direction each and every day as you go forward. And that's all Moses was to do. You see, we're to live by faith. The Bible tells us the just shall live by faith, Hebrews 10.38. We don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what tomorrow holds. But here's something to think about. Even if you knew what tomorrow holds, what could you do about it? Right? I mean, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but even if I knew what was going to happen, I probably couldn't do nothing about it anyway. I'd have to just sit and worry about it. God knows what tomorrow holds, and God is able to take care of tomorrow. What God wants is for each of us to go forward by faith. He wants you to be His guide. Or He wants to be your guide. Excuse me, let me get that straight. He wants to be your guide. He wants you to follow Him and to trust Him as He leads your life. So I encourage you, just go forward trusting God. Here's the second thought. Uh, You haven't guaranteed. Moses had one. Let's go to Exodus chapter 3. It says here in verse 12, and he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have 
sent thee. So we have a guarantee here. Some would call it a guarantee of success. Now, when I say success and not a guarantee of worldly success, a guarantee of success in whatever God directs, whatever God wants you to do. And that's the guarantee of success he had here. Moses is already called. In, in verse, we find this whole passage, him being called. Here he's really commissioned. His, his work is to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, to take them out of the land. Now, just stop and think about that task. Really, consider this. You have a man who's taking care of sheep. He's been out of Egypt 40 years. He's taking care of sheep. He's leading them over. He, he, he sees this burning bush, begins to realize, hey, this is different than a regular bush that's on fire. It's not being consumed. There's nothing being burnt. And then God meets with him. And God says, you're going to bring my people out of the land of Egypt. Now, just stop thinking about that. He's got no army to go into Egypt to get him out. He's got no money to go send an army in to get him out. And when he does get there, the people of Egypt, this is, or Israel, this is kind of his struggle, would they listen to him anyway? Why would they listen to him? Why would they want to leave? How is he going to lead them out? I don't know about you, I have a billion questions. God, how is this going to be done? You want me to lead a nation out of a land that is the most powerful country in the world at the time? They've got the military, they've got the power. And by the way, the Egyptians didn't want to let the Israelites go. That's the other thing, too. And I'm certain Moses understood that. Think about the task he had. You talk about being impossible or looking impossible, seeming to be impossible. If you could say something appeared to be impossible, that's probably it right there. One man to go into a land and to lead a nation not just a group of people, a nation out into another land. So I'm going to tell you this morning, I don't blame Moses for struggling. Because I probably would have struggled too with this. I would have said, you sure, God? You, you don't want a general to do this? You don't want someone with an army to do this? You want me to do this? This morning, maybe you're facing a task in your life. It's not the same task. You're not called to take Israel out of Egypt. But maybe there's something in your life that God has put in front of you or allowed to be put in front of you that you're dealing with. And maybe it seems like an impossible task. Maybe there's some days you feel overwhelmed. Maybe there's some days you think, how can I get this done? How, how can I go forward in this task? And maybe it seems impossible. That's what I want to encourage you to listen to this next point here. Because notice what God says to Moses. He says here in his answer, he says, certainly, certainly I will be with thee. Certainly I will be with thee. In other words, today, Moses, you're not going to be alone in this endeavor. You're not going to be all by yourself. You know, it's almost as if God is saying to Moses right here. It's almost as if he's saying, you know, you didn't think I'd send you by yourself, did you, Moses? You didn't think that I would leave you, did you? No, I am going to go with you. I am going to be with you. I am going to guide you. I am going to direct you. Certainly, I will stay with you. I'll be your companion to give you comfort. I'll be your counselor to give you direction and to guide you. I'll be your conqueror to protect you when you're in trouble. Moses, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to go with you. Notice he says, certainly. That's an emphasis there. He's letting Moses know he's not by himself. He's letting him know that this is guaranteed because God is going to be with him. You see, God would be all that he needed to do what God asked him to do. You know, this morning, here, here's the application here. Everyone here is in a different place in life. We're all in different places in life. 
Okay, we're all going different directions. We have different careers, uh, different ages. We're all at different points in life. But everyone, I believe, can find some application here. And let me share with you. First, we all have some responsibilities, do we not? God-given responsibilities. We all have responsibilities. And in this passage, you know, God is saying, Moses, certainly I'll be with you. You know, if you're saved here this morning, the Bible teaches that when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, that when you receive Him as your Savior, not only are you saved from your sins, and you're brought into God's family, someone's pointed out there's over 35 promises mentioned in the Bible that you receive immediately upon salvation. Forgiveness of sin, brought in his family. But here's the one I want to focus on now. You have the presence of God with you. The Holy Spirit now dwells within your heart. We find, mentioned, that in Corinthians, that we're now the temple of the living God. God dwells with us. You see, this morning, if you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you are not only saved, you have God with you. And so, let's apply that now. Okay? Like Moses, let's consider this. If you're saved here this morning, God may impress upon your heart, certainly I am with you. I'm not leaving you. I'm not going to forsake you. You think about your responsibilities within your home. Maybe he's saying, certainly I can help you be the husband you need to be. I'm going to be with you to be the wife you need to be. I'm going to help you be the dad you need to be. I'm going to help you be the mom you need to be. I'm going to help you within your home. I'm not leaving you. I'm with you, and certainly I'll be with you even during the difficult times, during the rough days, and even in the good days, I'll be with you. How about when it comes to church and getting involved? Maybe there's someone here that's been praying about getting involved in a ministry, but they're not sure. And maybe the uncertainty is because you don't know if you can do it or not. Or maybe God's saying, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. I'll help you with this. I put it upon your heart for a reason. I want you to go forward with it because I will be with you. You see, that's the key there. By ourselves, we can do nothing. By ourselves, we probably should stay put. With God, go forward because God will be with us. How about your career? Maybe there's someone here that's struggling with some career decisions or struggling with your career as far as the direction. You know, God's saying, I'll be with you. If I'm going to direct you in this, I'm going to go with you in this too. You're not going to be alone as you go forward. You're not going to be alone if you get promotions. You're not going to be alone if, if you have a situation where I've taken you and put you in front of other people or, or a situation where it seems difficult or dangerous. I'm going to be with you. You see, that's the encouragement that's needed to go forward, even in your career, to say, yes, God, I can do this. You've put me here. You want me here. You will go with me here. And see, that's what Moses received. He received this encouragement that God would be with him. How about circumstances? Let me give you some other thoughts on this. How about when you're hurt? Maybe there's someone here that's hurting. Unfair treatment, unmet expectations, maybe an uncertain future, and you're hurting. God's saying, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you when you're going through your difficult days. I'm not going to forsake you when you're having your discouraged. I'm with you. Just go forward and trust in me. How about your hopes? You know, I look at the world today. I don't know about you, but I have hopes. I have children. I have hopes. I have family members. I have hopes. I have For this church, I think of the church, I have hopes. God is saying, I'll be with you as you go forward and as you look to the future. You see, that's the application here. Moses is told, I'm going to be with you. God told him, I'm going to be with you. You can go do this. Even though it looked to be impossible, 
God's promise, God's guarantee of success is why he could go. And this morning, that's why you can go forward as well. It's because God, if you're saved, God is with you. You know, it's interesting. In this conversation, in this chapter, basically we find Moses trying to excuse himself. All the way through chapter 3 and chapter 4, he comes up with reasons of why he can't go. Uh, I've been there before. I don't know about any of you, but I've been there before where God put something upon my heart. Uh, Well, to tell you the truth, when I was calling the ministry, that's what happened. That was my struggle, as I came up with all these reasons why I couldn't get in the ministry, why I didn't believe I was called. But God worked in my heart, and I realized it wasn't me. If God wanted me to do it, he would take care of it. And that's what he's getting here with Moses. Moses has all these excuses saying, I can't do this. And God is saying, that's okay. I can. I can do it. See, Moses believed he was unfit for the work. He was unable to go forward. And truthfully, he was unfit for the work. But God's saying, I will make you fit because I'll go with you. You see, we can get that way in life where we think we can't do something. We think, well, God wouldn't want me to do this. God doesn't want me to be a witness. How can I tell people about Christ? Well, God says, I'll go with you. I'll give you the words to speak. I'll give you the wisdom when the time comes. How about you just go speak? How about you just go share the gospel? How about you just encourage people to trust in me? Uh, How about other endeavors in life? Families. There's a lot of decisions families have to make. There are times you may say, well, we can't do this. And God may say, yes, you can. Trust me. I'll make you fit for this. I'll make you fit for this direction. How about a church? You know, as a church, we're growing. I thank God every day for that. But as we grow, we want to keep going forward. And we want to see God work. And part of seeing God work is trusting Him and going by faith and saying, God, you do this. Oh, we're not fit for this, but you know, if you're leading, you can do this. You can bless us in this great way. And that's where we find here that Moses was just challenged to go and trust in God because God would be with him. See, walk with God. And whatever God has for you, God's going to enable you to do it. God will give you the ability because God will be with you. And that leads me to my final thought here, and that's the grace of God. The grace of God. Notice God uh, here in verse 12. He says, certainly I will be with thee. That's the emphasis here. Certainly, which is a guarantee, he's, I'm going to be with you. you. You can hold on to that promise, Moses. But notice this next. He says, and this shall be a token of thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. Notice what God's saying here. First, he says, he gives him a promise here. A promise uh, with a sign. Now, that, that goes back to the bush, okay? That's what the context here. He's seen this bush. The bush has been on fire, but it's not consumed. It's not burnt. Uh, and that's just baffled him. And then God speaks to him. And he's saying, that's the sign. I, I am, I am God. I am, is what he says here. He says, I am, and I am God, and I'm going to lead you. I am going to be with you. And that's the, the sign of this. That's the token, is this bush here that's burning that you see right in front of your eyes. And that was a sign for Moses. You know, nobody else saw this, by the way. And I want to point that out. God is a personal God. God will lead you. God will lead your family. God was leading Moses here. This was for him, so he could go forward by faith. And the burning bush was proof that God not only would send him, but God would be with him as well. And the promise was to Moses himself. And notice what he says here. He says, I'm going to bring you back. And he says, when you get back. You notice how God talks here? God's not saying, if you get back. This this was not a matter of if it will be done. This is a matter of when it's finished. This is what's going to happen. He says here, When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. Notice the confidence of God. That's something I think we forget a lot of times. 
because of our lack of confidence. You know, we, we try to put on a show and think we're confident. You know, if you have self-confidence, that's only going to last for a while because your self-strength only is limited. When you have confidence in God, that's where you find true confidence. That's confidence in Him. Notice the confidence God had in this situation. He didn't say, Moses, we're going to go out and try to do our best. And we'll see what happens. This is God, folks. This is the Lord, the Almighty, the Creator of the world. And He tells Moses, when this is done, and I bring you back, right here, you and the people, then you're going to realize, you're going to realize that I was with you. And that this is something you can hold on to. Yeah, that's how God works. But you know, for Moses to, to get the assurance, he had to go forward. In other words, the first part is the faith. He had to believe in God. He had to accept God's direction. He had to believe and go forward. Because if he didn't, then he wouldn't receive the second part, which would be the blessing of coming back with God's people and being led to where God wanted him. No, notice God is bringing him back to the mountain here. Uh, basically, the promise here is that God would bring him back to the same mountain, and God is going to give him the law. That's what he's going to do. He's going to make them into a nation. That's what he's doing. And he's going to use Moses to bring them back. But here he's giving Moses the encouragement to go forward. And let me give you a thought here. You've been given a promise too. And it also includes a mountain. It doesn't include Mount Oreb, but it includes Mount Calvary. There's a promise there on Mount Calvary. That's where Christ died for your sins. That's where Jesus Christ paid the price for sinners. That's where he fulfilled the demands of the law. All the demands of the law, that's where they were fulfilled. And that's where he died so we could be saved. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, Jesus Christ died for you. That's why he went to the cross. He, he didn't go to the cross to put on a, a display or a show. He, put, he went to the cross to die in place of sinners. To die so we can be saved. So you can be saved. Now the sign, you think of the cross. The cross is where the work of atonement was done. It's where it was finished. And the cross today. Now, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong putting crosses. Now, I don't like the crosses that have Christ on them because he's no longer on that cross. He's in heaven today. But the cross is a reminder of the work that was finished. The work that was done. The cross is a reminder. It's a sign of, of atonement, of forgiveness, of, of the substitution of Christ in our place, dying for us. Now, here's the promise. John 3.16. Let's go over here and see the promise. The promise that is to each and every one of us here this morning is found in John chapter 3, verse 16. He says here, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Here's the promise. The promise is found in this passage here. And the promise is if you receive Christ as your Savior, if you believe on Him, uh, you will be saved. You will be saved. You'll be forgiven of your sins. You'll be given a new life. And you'll be saved, brought into God's family. That's what salvation is. And so this morning, I hope and pray that everyone here is saved. That you've received Christ as your Savior. Your personal Lord and Savior. Not just know about Christ, but you've received Him, believed on Him for salvation. That's what salvation is. Now, notice the assurance here. See, we're given assurance here too. Because uh, God, in that passage of John chapter 3, 
He said he didn't come to condemn the world. We're already condemned. That's because of sin. We're already condemned. We need forgiveness is what we need. Christ didn't come to condemn us. He came to show us that there's a hope. And the assurance is if you believe, if you have faith, just like if Moses believed God and would go forward, God would be with him. If you believe in Jesus Christ and receive him, you're saved and God will be with you. See, that's the assurance. People are looking for assurance with emotions and feelings, and that's why they're missing assurance of salvation. The assurance of salvation is taking God at His word. God has said, you do this, and this will happen. I promise. That's what He gave to Moses. He said, you do this, I'll be with you, and this is going to happen. It's a promise, and it did. Just like salvation is a promise to us. And that's a promise to each of you. If you receive Christ as your Savior, you will be saved. Hope and pray everyone here is saved. And once you're saved, your life will change. Your life will change. It's kind of interesting. After salvation, you don't have to go and change it yourself, by the way. I don't need to take care of that as a pastor either. What I mean by that, I need to teach and challenge you. But when someone is saved, I don't sit down and give them a list of things to do and not to do. We don't give them a list, okay? We give them the Bible and say, start reading this. You can understand this. This is God's word to you. But then I challenge them to seek God, let the Holy Spirit work. And you know what? God begins to work in the heart. As a pastor, I don't have to tell you what's right and wrong. I'll challenge you on right and wrong as far as teaching the scriptures. But the Holy Spirit will begin to work in your life and say, okay, this is for me. This is not for me. You'll begin to grow in the Lord. And God will work because your life has been changed. And there's a change that has taken place. And so once you're saved, the Holy Spirit comes in your heart. Let me point this out to you in 1 Corinthians. Let's see what this has to say here because this is important. This will lead to the final thought I have for you this morning on this passage. And this is 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And it says here in verse 19, he says, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. In this passage here, he gives a whole list of, of what I'd call temptations and sins that we're to avoid. But he tells us you can do this because the Holy Spirit is now within you. He resides with you. He will guide you. He will give you strength. He will direct your life. You see, God is with you. If you're saved here this morning, God is with you. Just like God was with Moses, God is with you. In closing, in closing, let me wrap this up. You know, you have a pledge from Christ. It's yours. That if you have believed on Him, you are saved and He is with you. It's something that I think we should take note. That when Christ sent out the apostles, when He commissioned them to go, what did He tell them? He gave them the commission. He said, and I will be with you even unto the end of the world. Part of the commission was His presence too, that He wouldn't leave them. What do we find in Hebrews 13? You know, Not only is God the same, never changes, but He'll never, in Hebrews 4, He'll never leave us nor forsake us. God will never forsake you. He'll never leave you. His presence remains with you when you go forward. This morning, when you leave this auditorium, you leave this church building, you're not leaving God here. God's going with you. When you go about your business this week, when you go shopping, when you go whatever you have planned, God will go with you. 
You've got responsibilities you've got to care. Maybe some of you are thinking, well, i got a lot of stuff this week. i got a busy week planner. i got a lot of things to say. God will go with you. He'll give you the ability to carry those out. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you knowledge. And, and His pledge is found here in the Scriptures. You know, you think about it, His promise is what we hold on to. It's our support. It's our refuge. It helps us in a world of change, in a world of problems, in a world of trouble. We hold on to God. And you think of it this way, here's what it is. It's him saying, even unto the end of the world. Notice that. I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. That's what it says in Matthew 28. I am with you, even unto the end of the world. So, if Christ is with you, if God is with you today, all the powers of the earth really are nothing. Think about it. Everything you have to take care of, you can take care of. Everything God wants you to do, you can do. Because God is with you. Because God will give you everything needed to get it done. So I want to encourage you, go forward with God. Not only know that, but apply that. Talk to Him every single day. Let Him guide and direct you. Let Him comfort you when you're hurting. Let Him give you strength when you need it. Ask Him for wisdom. You need a good night's rest? Ask Him for that good night's rest. You see, let God help you. He's with you. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.